Well, 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 we are back. Uh, episode number four. Uh, quattro. Huh? I said quattro. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, Chris and I have just been talking for like an hour thinking we were recording and only got like 12 minutes. So we are uh, actually going to start over. Like I said in episode one, we're going to share uh, some of our challenges and struggles. Uh, so we're going to start over, let the conversation flow. Uh, everybody missed the first half, so you missed some really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Yes, it'll be brought uh, back. But, but going back to how we started, man, talking about the seeker and the sage. <clears throat> the seeker asked, how do I have faith in the unseen? How do I trust? How do I believe? The sage answers, we do not trust strangers with gold. We don't trust who we don't know. You must seek to know God. Only then in faith we grow. Um, so, Chris, we were into this conversation, man, about faith and growth. And um, I don't know, we could take it anywhere we want. We have plenty to go off of. From no, just talking about, we were talking about like seekers as far as being curious as a child, um, being open minded, having an empty cup so you can fill it with new information, new things. So, you just mentioned uh, as a child, you're open minded. Why do you think we start closing our minds? The world. I think the world, I think the environment, I think um, it's right now I'm in the transition of getting out of being an employee for everyone and kind of starting my own thing to where even if I am working for a business, I want them to know first and foremost that I'm not an employee. This is more of a partnership. I Just as much as you are trying out me, I'm trying out you. This first 90 days is not just probation for me. It's probation for you as well, because I'm not going to sign my blood up to this place. And I think we've been somewhat enlisted and instilled in life where it's like if you're an employee somewhere you got to be a good employee it's a great opportunity don't even if they're bad jobs or bad managers or bad hey you got this poor people out there you need to stay with it and i just think that's i think that's something else that's instilled in us so i think that goes back to where as a child we don't know and that ignorance um is not a bad thing it's a natural thing so therefore we're curious about stuff we don't have any prejudgment because we don't know what to judge we don't know what things are supposed to be like we don't know the stat quo so therefore you come in as with a child's mind and everything's kind of brand new. And also it's just, it's nicer that way. It's, it's, you know, when you take a kid to some place with a bunch of light or someplace they've never seen before and how their eyes just light up and it's just, you know, their mind is just firing off at all kinds of crazy places. And I think we should return to that. And I think the more we do that in life, the more successful we'll be not only through God and faith, but through fitness, through nutrition, through everything, through everything. You know, kind of going back to look at this little parable, um, Faith is an interesting thing because it's faith in the unseen, mm -hmm. right? So how do... Faith is invisible. Faith is invisible, right? How do you uh, go about believing in what you can't see? Uh, just like I told you, just the fact that I wake up every day, yeah. just waking up every day, being waking up without pain. I mean, I'm 40 years old and, and even even in just looking at my family, we, we still don't have there's nobody really in the immediate family that has anything horrible. Have my dad has diabetes. Yes, but no cancer, no crazy diseases, no crazy car accidents because of all the things, you know, I think we talked about that earlier where. We're fragile as human beings. It's not hard to put this. It's not hard to put this body down. This free, we call it right. We call it freak accidents all the time. But is it a freak accident? We're just we don't have exoskeletons, you know. And especially if you're not taking care of yourself, it's even easier to terminate this situation. Um, so I think it's just literally just taking the small things, just keeping it to the small things. And I think you shouldn't sweat the small things because it's all small things, but also paying attention to detail, understanding that it's just a thing about living in gratitude. So. Um... 
prior to getting into yoga, do you think you looked at everything as a small thing before? A little bit, but not not to the extreme level. Because stuff would still bother me here and there. Like, even, like, work stuff. Like, I look at my old self or, like, work would bother me. Like, because I think, I mean, and once again, I think it's something we all do where it's, you know, you've heard somebody say, I work with a bunch of idiots. Or or my job is just full idiots. But what are you? Right. You know, you never I talk about they, yourself. They might be saying the same thing. They, they, they probably, most likely they are. But even though, even though, even with that, though, like, I even tell when I hear people say that nowadays, it's just like, well, if you work with a bunch of idiots. Are you the king of the idiots? Do you get away with everything? Like that, that should be a blessing that your job, everybody else is less fortunate than you mentally. That means you should get away with everything. You should be making some money somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You should be leading the idiots or you, they're having trouble and you're just, I'm on vacation again because the idiots can't keep up with me. What is it? And who's the idiot, you know? Um, so I think before yoga it was just the world would bother me with stuff, a little bit of things. There was a lot of, pointing the finger before yoga, pointing the finger where it was just like what you said, um, which is a big part of my life was I didn't like going to church in Christianity because I would see the pastor that would buy him all these cars. He's got all this stuff. And it's like, it shouldn't he be something different and, and who cares what he should be. But in my mind, he should be something. And I had to realize that that's just my mind, what he should be. You know, that's, that's, that is a very interesting uh, thought and process because oftentimes, oh, Oftentimes, we we ask God for a lot. Too much. Too, too, much. too much. Silly stuff sometimes. materialistic stuff. Silly stuff. Right? But if a pastor has too much materialistic stuff, we find fault. Red flags. Him. Right. Red, flags, Red right? flags. So if we think that God uh, blessing us with material stuff is a blessing, why is it then not a blessing <laughs> on the other side for someone else for, for someone else? Right. Somebody that's the number one follower of God, supposedly. Right. It's, it's Why does he not have nice things? And, and, and uh, I don't know that I ever really thought that way. But one of the things I've realized now that I know several pastors, that's rarely ever just all they do. Right. 100%. And then a lot of stuff is, is their, their, their congregations buy it for them. So they're not going to say no to right, it, right, you know, right. and their family still has my bills and stuff. I was just talking about that this morning. He, he did this whole sermon on relationships and money. And he talked about like everybody's money personality is different. He's very fear driven with money just based off of how he was raised, right? So uh, he's Jamaican and was raised very poor. Right. So he, he was telling a story how like he was making twenty thousand dollars, his wife was making sixty, and he was trying to live off the twenty and and, and save the sixty. Right. Right. He's like, that that just didn't work, right? But it it was his uh money management style that he tried to rule over everything. But he was talking about like a lot of you talk about how my shoe game is stepping up. Cause you know, every week I got on a different pair of shoes. But if you know me, you know I didn't buy these shoes, right? Thankfully. We have some members in the church who want to see, you know, nice shoes on my feet and they gift these shoes to me. But because of my money style, I would never buy these shoes. Right, right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, there's no telling how much these all it could be everything. Right? It could be yeah, everything. You got enough followers on, on Instagram, people and give you stuff. Right. Well, if you've made an impact on people's lives literally through deliverance of the word, don't you think there might be some people that gift you stuff? Maybe even God himself. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, who am I? Who am I? So, I mean, yeah. So that was uh, another part I had was the same thing. It would be like, um, for me, it's just, it was, it was just how the, how the Bible just gets manipulated to how people manipulate it to things 
Um, what do I hear? I would hear my Christian friends say quite often. Oh, I sin because God died for my sins. I'm only a human. I'm going to sin no matter what. It's like, that's a right. Like, but you could use that for anything, you know, like, so why, why even, why stop sinning? Why even have rules? Why, why would God even make the rules if, if you can just cop out and be like, well, he died for my sins. That's why I sin. And and see, that's, that's a, uh, a short-sighted understanding. Mm -hmm. Very, very ignorant. Very ignorant. Because even Paul talks about just because you were saved doesn't mean you should keep sinning. Right. Doesn't mean you've been saved. Right. Right. We're, we're going. We're going to sin. That's just, like we are of a sinful nature. That's just who we are. But it's the awareness of it that should bring you to change. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know what I. You know, there's a saying the 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 old folks should say, "What I used to do, I don't do anymore." Right. You don't do it because you don't want to. You do it because there's this awareness that 100%, I'm not supposed right, to do Right. Right. You might have had the awareness before, but something about when you get saved. Now it should bother you, right? All right, no the more Bible, excuses. So when people say, oh, God died for my sin, that, and I'm you're going to keep on doing it? The Bible also says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So that feeling you have when you do something wrong and you're like, uh, that that grief or that sorrow is because you're grieving the Holy Spirit that lives right. inside of you, right? But when we only um, take bits and pieces out of the Bible and take it out of context, it becomes a lot harder to apply it to our life. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I just feel like a lot of traditions happen because even like how people dress up for church. And for yeah. me, it's always be like, that's not, it's not necessary. So that, that's an interesting thing, especially in the black church. Especially. So it's like shunned if I, you, if you don't dress up yeah, nice. And some, I, uh, I was having a conversation with my mother-in-law about this actually, because she's one of those people that thinks she's supposed to dress up for the church. She absolutely hates the way we go to church because I'm jeans and a hoodie with some sneakers on. Right. Right. Um, but I also have an understanding of why they dress up. Right. So, and I'm not sure if you know this, you may, you may not, but um, during slavery times, that was the only time that black people were allowed to, to wear nice separate. clothes. Okay. So that's why they would wear their best to church, which is why they call it Sunday's, Sunday's best. Got you. Right, because that was the only time they were allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we take that without any historical context right. and just think that we're supposed to dress up mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jesus wore cloths, right? Sandals. We were naked. Right. Could you imagine how dusty his feet were? All day. Desert and all. You know what I'm everything, like, everything, hair, feet, skin. Yeah. So, and you know, the Bible says, "Come as you are." Right. Like, we might, you know, in in the Western. Where we might have to put some boundaries some up, boundaries on that because <laughs> I don't see some wild stuff at church. Like yeah. you know, come as you are the first time, <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but come with an open mind as but, you are. But now that you know better, let's you know right. the dress let's tighten it up a little bit, right? Shirt on, or right? Like, you know, um, you don't want to be distracting. Is, but um, so you know, back to the, the secret and sage thing I mentioned as we were talking before. Uh, Part of what's, what makes this so relevant to me is I just had the conversation with my daughter about questions about God. And she was like, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And even, even thinking more now, we were, you know, we were talking about what is good, what is bad, right? But we don't know the long term right. of a decision. Every, right? Everything, everything. I, I don't know why, but when she said that, it really made me think about the story of Joseph. 
So I've been actually this week kind of going back through that story, mm-hmm. how he was the loved one of his his father. So his brothers sold them and sold them into slavery. Well, he ended up ruling over Egypt because of his ability to interpret dreams. And he foresaw the famine, took care of everything. And at the end, uh, when it's so do, do you know the story? About mm-hmm. Bits. So bits. Um, when the famine happened, his brothers had to come to Egypt. Uh, to get food. They don't know that it's him, but he knows that it's them, right? And he works it out so that everybody has to come back to Egypt, right? He ends up revealing himself. They become a family unit again. I think his father lives another 17 years once he's actually in Egypt again. But when his father dies, his brothers say, what if he wants to repay us for the evil we did upon him, right? Because they sold him into slavery. Right. So they send a message out. He gets the message, but he tells them what you meant for evil. God meant for good. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we have those things that we consider bad things happening to good people, we don't know five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Or even five, 10, 15, 20 years before then what that person did or went through. Right. But but taking that instance and they get to use it for whatever it is like you you've never met a person that has has impressed good upon you that hasn't had some suffering in their life mm-hmm. and the suffering taught them lessons right right there's there's wisdom to be had when we're in the wilderness and too often we're just like walking through the wilderness blind and like oh god get me out of here well until you start getting the lessons that he's trying to teach you you're probably going to stay in the wilderness, just like just like the Israelites, right? Right, forty, <laughs> forty, yeah, yeah lost in the desert. Trip took them right, 40 years right, for right, right. <laughs> you better learn this lesson. Right, you better pay attention. You better pay attention. Uh, it reminds me of the um, the Chinese farmer story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a pretty chill, I mean, real simple story. Life. Right. Yeah. Maybe. He just maybe, says maybe. Right. I don't know, because it all, it all works out. So it's just, with that, I mean, but, I mean, and even if you think, I mean, just, even the most horrible world events you've dealt with, like I'll bring up even slavery. There have been some beautiful things that have come out of slavery. Like as far as even African-Americans in this country now, our advancement in sports and the sports world and the entertainment world, the things we're doing now, it's the American, African-American is, I personally believe stronger than any other African on earth after what we had to deal with. Because I mean, if you really go into, I would say just the base of it, we kind of, we're forced into a situation of only survival will strong, only the survivor will be fit. We were actually bred to the strongest one. So it's not only the strongest one, but also the smarter ones, also the resilient ones, also the ones that didn't deal with the disease and sickness as well, that were strong enough immunity to make it through. We actually somewhat improved our genes through that situation and process. I, I, I think there's some, well, I, I don't even know. Maybe they were always that strong. I mean, right, right but, but even but even though still, but even then, the, the ones that weren't strong enough didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it still was a process of elimination yeah. through that, you know, through the beatings, through the through the stress of that life, right. you know. It's, it's one of those things like it, it had to happen, right? Right. But, so to your point, um, for, for us to be able to sit here and record this, right, and have the freedom, the privileges to do that, some of our ancestors had to suffer. Right. Right. And we'll never know what that suffering was like because they did it for us, mm-hmm. right? From slavery to civil rights, right? Like all the above, like right? It's a it's a very interesting thing to sit down and talk to a generation who has gone through the civil rights movement, 
because it's a very different perspective. Different world. Like my, the, the stories my father told me. Yeah. I just, when I was a kid, I was like, I, I think he might be embellishing this a little bit. Not even a little bit, little and, bit. And these are things that like, are, like we have a, a tie into people who lived it and our, our kids won't. Right. So there's a disconnect. I, it's kind of a it's kind of a concern for upcoming generations because hell, they're trying to take it out of schools, right? So there's there's this. I mean, not that they ever really put it in schools though right, either, because right, I mean, right. you I remember in my history class books would be like slavery was a bad thing. Page one, right. page two, we got over it. <laughs> page three, Emancipation Proclamation. Page four, they're all free and we're all happy together now. Right, <laughs> and that's not really the way it is. <laughs> right. Like, I think some things are a little bit different there. Right, right. But our kids will be so disconnected because they they live with so much uh, abundance. Right, right. So they miss so much that, diversity. That part of right. It, right? Um, but it was necessary, and some of some of the most painful things that we go through in life are absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary to get us to right. You you have to go through it to go forward. It's kind of like um, you, you know, you could have a, a an injury. And the doctor says, well, to really get it right, we're going to have to break the bone. Right. Right. You, you got to break it for it to heal correctly. Mm -hmm. It can't be this partial thing. We got to get it all the way broken so we can really, really repair it. And that is life. There, there are periods of brokenness we have to go through in order for us to really gain a perspective on the on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I even think that, you know, to the to the point of this, this parable thing, it's in that broken space that we grow in our faith. 100%. Like that's, 100%. How, that's how we know, right? We were talking before, <laughs> but when we thought we were recording, <laughs> we were talking about how like when we go through things, that is how we get to know God. 100%. Right? Because you only, you only know somebody you spend time with. And unfortunately, oftentimes it takes... Uh, tragedy. It takes tragedy to make Grief. you spend time with God. Right. Despair. Like, like we don't we don't just want to spend time with God. No, when, when the day yeah, when the day's sunny, everybody can be a hero when it's yeah. a sunny day. Nobody wants to sit there and be like, oh, I'm so grateful for this. And yeah. and and I think and I think we touched on that in an early recording as well was just the fact that I think we ask too much. Like it's I was telling my mom today, I was like, Mom, you praying about something every day. I was like, I know God is forever, but don't you think like you should maybe get a little bit more specific with the stuff you're asking for? And it says, with prayer and thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times we're praying for things, but we aren't expressing gratitude. Right. And it should be gratitude every day, I, all I day. I think a lot about uh, on uh, one of the greatest albums I think ever created, uh, Tracy Chapman telling stories. Okay. And there's a song on there where there was this one line that just blows me away. She says, uh, these knees of mine haven't touched pews in ages. But I continue to ask for favors. And I was like, yo, dang, is... dang, <laughs> God, dog. <laughs> That's that a slap. That's are, a slap, man. right? Like, God, I'm, I know we haven't spent time together, but, but I hey, favor. <laughs> could you hook me up real right, quick I, again? I'll get, get you back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I paid this burger on Tuesday. <laughs> Let me have a burger today. Right. And I was like, yo, that is so relevant to like the human experience. Mm -hmm. Dare I say more so in this Western culture? Way, way right? more, because big time. So much everything. So much. Yeah. So it's a. And we it's have so little to complain about. I believe we make up problems to complain about. So, so let me ask you this: In this moment in your life at forty, uh, 
how do you go about seeking? Uh, just just paying attention. I think it's just about paying attention, just about listening, about paying attention, keeping your eyes open, knowing and understanding that I know nothing at all, nothing at all. And then I'm just being just being willing to learn. I think that once again comes from yoga again, where it's you're a teacher, not first, not second. You're a student first, you're a student second, you're a student third, and you're a teacher somewhere way down the road. You know, you're always a student, always willing to learn. So I just think it's about knowing that I don't know, knowing that my faith is still a crumb on this floor that we can't even see, you know? So that's just, there's just always room for improvement, always room to learn. And I think too, is always, once again, I think it's very important to surround yourself with people love the likewise of your likewise actions and, and wants um, of your desires of being around faithful people is a way to increase your faith. Being around successful people is a way to increase your success. It is an interesting thing to watch somebody go through something and you know they believe in God and you watch them walk through it. And you hear it all the time, like, man, I don't know if I could have went through it. Right. Like, it's funny, man. My, my, me and my best friend talk all the time. And, uh, you know, years ago, back in, in 2000, uh, my father died on Christmas Eve. Well, December 26th, my buddies were in Atlanta with me. Right. And we talk now in adulthood and my best friend is like, man, I just I don't know if I could have handled it like you handled it if my dad would have died. But we talk enough about faith that I'm sure he could have. Right. Right. Like you you don't I didn't do that on my own strength. Right. right? Just like none of us doing that in that time of, of death. And not that I even know you can be strong to handle it until it comes and right. you handle it. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things. Like I, I think about seeking now for me personally as a time thing, like intentionally spending time with God. And people always think, man, I don't know if I can get up early in the morning. I just really feel like when it's the most quiet, that's when you're going to hear the clearest. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is my time to like meditate, to read the word, because, you know, a lot of times we are basing our knowledge of God and Christianity, Islam, whatever the religion based on watching other people who say that that's their faith, right right we have to come into a knowing for ourselves and the only way to come into that knowing is to spend time with them, mm -hmm. right like people talk about the uh the the word of god in terms of oh it, you know man wrote it and well who else is going to write it number one but when we talk about if if we can hear from god now don't we think the prophets were hearing back from God back then? Right. And they were clear because they didn't have social media and right. TV, you know. Right. Right. It was very clear to them, you know, what a lot was more happening. silence, and a lot more space. Able to watch enough of those prophecies come into play on a and, daily basis. Uh, on a daily basis and be true. Right. Like Jeremiah tells the Israelites, you're going to be in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. You know how long they were in captivivity? 70 years. Right. Right. So this wasn't like, hey, I'm just making up some random number. Right. No, God told me to tell you that I don't I don't know that he talks to us all that way to be that specific. But I do think he talks to all of us. We just don't listen. Right. hundred percent. You can't hear if you're if the, the radio's not on. Yeah. But I mean, but even with that, which is crazy, even I mean, when you say crazy to me, but it just shows us, too. And our faith is even while you have Jesus around walking, doing those things. The reaction that people, even his disciples, even yeah. even Peter still betrayed him. Yeah. And it, this guy was the number one witness of those things in his face every day. So it's still, I think that goes back to your point of even in, in myself too, is you shouldn't look at other Christians or look at other people of the religion. Because once we don't know what they're going through, number one. And number two, what you see is not what you see. Well, you know, even the funny part about Peter um, not, not betraying but denying him. 
Right. Is God, Jesus told, told him. Right. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. <laughs> Jesus, I would never do that. I would never. Right. You made me walk on water. I've seen your works. I would never do that. Aren't you the one that was with Jesus? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I don't know him. But in, in certain moments of crises, right, it's very easy to forget what for God sure. has done for you. For right? sure. And to, in Peter's defense, he was just worried about his own safety. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I hate to say I get it, but I get it. But still, yeah, but, I, but it's I, still, I mean, I get it, but it's still hard, though, it's, you it's know? Because yeah. it's just like you, you literally got, to me, it's almost. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to upset nobody. It's like the Pope running around today with bulletproof glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. once again, I know my perspective is true, but it's just like if anybody on earth doesn't need any kind of protection, it, I would think it would be the Pope. I would well, think. But, but there's still this human catalyst to it, right? But who can, he ain't worried about it. I mean, he shouldn't be, right? Like, yeah. we can, I mean, I'm sure his protection, people run like, Mr. Pope, you need to do this. Yeah. We want you to be safe. But I'd be like. Yeah, but. but uh... <laughs> I'm, but, where but where I'm still, going, I'm gonna be okay. Still, yeah, at the end, right? But but he he has some stuff to support. <laughs> right. That, that's an interesting thing right there. Um, that is a very interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mr. President, I can see the President of the United States bulletproof all that. Yeah, yeah, You're the President. Yeah. Cool. People don't like you, and even the Pope. Cool. People don't like you, but still, but, but you he, got a best friend that likes you a lot, supposedly. But he knows that people will take him out. Like, that's, that's but they the, can't. But you can't take him out though. Isn't it impossible to take the Pope out? Do you see what I'm, you see what I'm kind of getting at? I don't think it is. Like, like think about it. Like, you took out Martin Luther King. I'm saying take out is take out, but I'm saying taking out the Pope, he ain't going nowhere but home. Right. You ain't taking him out. You taking him out. You know what I'm saying? You taking him in. Right. You taking him in. Where you going, player? You know where you're going. I know where you're going. But uh, but even um a uh, uh, a guru an Indian guru and his name is um Sid, Sid Guru Sad Sad Guru Sad Guru he he has a statement he says if heavens is such a lovely place why isn't everybody just dying to get there why are Christians so 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 hesitant about death and going to heaven why are they so worried about it but this place is supposed to be streets made of gold the the lion plays with the lamb you live forever it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So even for me, I'm confident in where I'm going. Right. Right. But the I'm looking thought, forward to it. But the thought of my kids having to go through the hurt that I went through when my dad died, I, I'm not looking forward to them experiencing it. But you will never have to. Impossibly. But, 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 but I know that they're going to have to. If they choose to. That's still a choice, though, too, by them. Because even like, because I tell my family every day, it's just like, if if, if I'm a ghost and I see y'all grieving when I'm gone, I'm going to get y'all. I'm going to get y'all good. Like, but, but you don't control I can't control that. But you know what I'm saying? It's right. But at the same time, I'm not going to worry about it either. Of course, I don't want my mom and family to be upset when I leave. Right, but at right. the same time, I want. But that's a natural. So think about, okay, so think about it from that perspective, right? Like, and we got about three minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, you hear people say nobody is supposed to bury a child, right? The According f- to whose rules? Well, it, you it's, see not, what I'm saying? it's not an actual thing, right? But people, you don't want that. that. It's a horrible right? feeling. Conceptually, what you don't want to bury anybody before a parent wants to bury a child. Mm-hmm. And I can see that, right? And I want to die before my kids. I just don't want it to be real young for them, mm-hmm. right? I want it to, like when 
people die, they're like 80, 90 years old. Like, man, they lived a good life. It's a celebration at that point, right? Right. The full life. Right. When people are taken away from us young, you're like, oh, like it, it just hurts more mm-hmm. to the people left behind. Right. Right. Like I, one of my one of my buddies died last year, forty five years up, forty six years old, and I'm watching. You know, I'm watching his fifteen year old son. I'm like, man, that's a tough spot. Right, but I mean, but what, but but just but we go back to what we were talking about beginning. Now, it's a tough spot because we say it, but it could be there could be some there could be a bunch of silver linings to that. You know what I'm right. saying? Like so, and I, I believe some of that to be true. However, he's not going to realize that till he's like forty years old, perhaps. Right? Maybe, maybe. And, and in that you know twenty five year span, there's a lot of internal suffering going on. Right. And as a person who loves that person. You don't want like I'm, and I understand. I understand. I'm not. I'm not even trying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying too, or or even like okay, Johnny Cash is a song called "Boy Named Sue," and for the most part, it's a dad that was a he was he was on the road all the time. A dirty, dirty dude had a son. He knew he was going to be there, so he named the son Sue. Son meets him later down the road. Son is tough as nails. Dad says, "Hey, son's like, why would you name me something like that?" He's all, "Look at you." I named you Sue because I knew I was going to be there. I knew I need you to be tough. So if I named you Sue, guy's going to pick on you. You're either going to die or you're going to be tough. Look at you now. You're the toughest person he is. And it sounds like, dang, I can see it. I am happy. I'm here, Dad. But gosh, next time, don't name me Sue. Try a different method. But at the same time, it's like you're here today because of all that stuff that happened. All the horrible stuff, all the worst mistakes you've ever made. Because we always, I mean, I think as humans too, we talk about time machines. Like, I would go back and change this. But if you change one little thing there, you're changing everything that's here. And everything that's here, unless you hate it now, you have to be somewhat happy about all those horrible things that happened before, you know? And I think that's hard for us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's yes. about our time. We only had about 30 minutes on this one. Uh, but tune in because there's going to be a part two. Yes, for part sure. Two for sure. Have a good day.